Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. All right. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing on this Thursday? Oh, man. Has, has the weather's kind of been weird. I don't know <laughs> uh, if it's just me in Williamstown, but I just feel like the weather's just been back and forth with, I don't know if it's just going to stay nice or if it's going to go back to rainy and it's been uh, bouncing all over, it feels like this week. But um, anyway, let's get into it today uh, because regardless of the weather, our God is good and I know he's got something for us today in his word. We will be in 1 Samuel 9 today, 1 Samuel 9, uh, and so uh, we're we're going to be looking into um, Saul coming into the picture now, and so uh, we're going to see this wonderful story um, that starts unfolding uh, with Saul and, and how all this kind of plays out, and so um, let's pray. And then let's get into the word of God today and see what he has for us uh, on this Thursday morning. So let's pray. Uh, Father, we just uh, we just thank you right now. Regardless of the weather, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of whatever and even our outlook on things, you are good. And you turn all things that are meant for evil for good for those that love you. And Lord, we just come here this morning, we come here on this podcast, we come here however and whenever to tell you we love you, and we want to hear from you. And so Lord, we just pray that uh, whatever uh, it is with, that you just speak to us this morning, whisper in our ear, uh, turn the circumstances, uh, use whatever you need to, to speak to us today. Or whether it be your word, whether it be you whispering in our hearts and our ears, whether it be whatever is going on around us, uh, that you just use it to speak to us. Lord, I just uh, I surrender myself to you that this be your message for us and even myself, that you teach us all. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen and amen. All right. Let's get into it. Um, I'm reading out of the NLT as normal. Again, it's 1 Samuel 9 uh, that we're diving into today. Uh, And so verse 1, there was a healthy, influential man uh, named Kish from the tribe of Benjamin. He was the son of Abel, son of Zeor, son of uh, Ben-Korath, son of Ephiah, of the tribe of Benjamin. His son Saul was the most handsome man in Israel, head and shoulders taller than anyone else in the land. One day, Kish's donkeys strayed away, and he told Saul, take a servant with you and go look for the donkeys. So Saul took one of the servants and traveled through the hill country of Ephraim, uh, the land of Shalishash, uh, the Shalem area and the entire land of Benjamin. 
but they couldn't find the donkeys anywhere. Finally, they entered the region of Azufa, and Saul said to his servant, let's go home. By now, my father will be more worried about us than about the donkeys. But the servant said, I've just thought of something. There is a man of God who lives here in this town. He is held on high honor by all the people because everything he says comes true. Let's go find him. Perhaps he can tell us which way to go. Verse 7, but we don't have anything to offer him, Saul replied. Even our food is gone, and we haven't have a thing uh, to give him. Well, the servant said, I have one small silver piece. We can at least offer it to the man of God and see what happens. In those days, if people wanted a message from God, they would say, let's go and ask the seer, for prophets used to be called seers. Verse 10, all right, Saul agreed, let's try it. So they uh, started for the town where the man of God lived. As they were climbing the hill to the town, they met some young women coming out to draw water. So Saul and his servant asked, is the seer here today? Yes, they replied. Stay right on the road. He is at the town gates. He just arrived to take part in a public service up at the place of worship or public sacrifice up at the place of worship. Hurry and catch him before he goes up there to eat. Uh, the guests won't begin until um, begin eating until he arrives to bless the food. So they uh, entered the town, and as they passed through the gates, Samuel was coming uh, out towards them to go up to the place of worship. Verse 15, now the Lord told Samuel the previous day about this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, anoint him to be the leader of my people, Israel. He will rescue them from the Philistines. For I have looked down on my people in mercy and have heard their cry. When Samuel saw, <clears throat> saw Saul, the Lord said, that's the man I told you about. He will rule my people. Then Saul approached Samuel at the gateway and asked, can you tell me where the seer's house is? I am the seer, Samuel replied. Go to the place of worship ahead of me. I will eat there together or we will eat there together in the morning, and I'll tell you what you want to know and send you on your way. And don't worry about those donkeys that were lost three days ago, for they have found, they have been found, and I'm here to tell you, you and your family are the focus of all Israel's hopes. Verse 21, Saul replied, but I am only from the tribe of Benjamin, the smallest tribe in Israel, and my family is the least important of all the families of that tribe. Why are you talking like this to me? Then Samuel brought Saul and his servant into the hall and placed uh, them at the head of the table, honoring them above the 30 special guests. Samuel then instructed the cook to bring Saul the finest cut of meat, uh, the piece that had been set aside for the guest of honor. So the cook brought in the meat and placed it before Saul. Go ahead and eat it, Samuel said. I was saving it for you even before I invited these others. So Saul ate with Samuel that day. When they came down from the place of worship and returned to town, Samuel took Saul up from <clears throat> up to the roof of the house and prepared a bed for him there. At daybreak the next morning, Samuel called to Saul 
get up. It's time you were on your way. So Saul got ready, and he and Samuel left the house together. When they reached the edge of town, Samuel told Saul to send his servant on ahead. After the servant was gone, Samuel said, Stay here, for I have received a special message for you from God. The word of the Lord. All right. Get that stretch in. Get that sip of coffee. You know, what spoke to you in that? Uh, in that story, um, in that portion of this greater story, ultimately, uh, and really, there's just there's a lot of like little things and um, to unpack out of this. The interesting thing is, is that this is kind of like a oh, that's a that's a nice story on the surface, but really, when we open our spiritual eyes, when we open our spiritual ears, when we have uh, this understanding of how God works, we see that God was even working in just the lost donkeys. We see that actually that was even played out by God specifically to line Saul up where he needed to be to interact with Samuel to get him on his way. We first start out with that it's kind of it's understanding of who really Saul is versus how Saul actually sees himself. And did you see the disparity in the two different descriptions between what Saul is called up front at the beginning of the chapter and what Saul calls himself later in the chapter? And that disparity, guess what? It's not just Saul. That disparity is many of us. Many, many of us don't really see the true potential and the true understanding of who we are and how God actually sees us. Here in God's word, as it's described, that there was a wealthy and influential man named Kish, which is Saul's father, right, from the tribe of Benjamin. And then Saul, on top of that, is the most handsome man in all of Israel, and he's head and shoulders taller than anybody else, right? So all the ladies are like, whoo, I need to see a picture of this guy. (laughs) But in general, this is just this is that surface level understanding of who Saul is, how he's seen by other people, how he is in the community as far as um, that there's this level of influence because he's born into the right family. There's this level of generational wealth that because he's born into the right family and he gets the right genes. He won the gene lottery, right? by being born in the right family. He's head and shoulders taller than everybody else and looks fabulous. So he's just, he's winning on all levels, but at the surface. There's another thing to notice in just this first paragraph that nowhere in this wealthy, influential, and good-looking family are they talking about their relationship with God. God isn't even mentioned in this part. It's all about the surface level stuff. It's all about the stuff that looks good on Instagram. It's all about the stuff that really helps uh, attract us to people or makes us think that person has it all together, that that person must be having the time of their life. And I am just like wasting away over here. It's the stuff that makes us jealous and envious. It's the stuff that makes us literally covet other people. That's all surface level. 
But nowhere in here is it saying at the very beginning that this family is a family of God, that this family that even Saul himself has a relationship with the Lord. And it's really a type and shadow specifically of the nature right now of Israel. If we look one chapter earlier, we see in verse 7 that God is telling uh, Samuel, do everything they say to you, the Lord replied, for they are rejecting me. The whole nation of Israel is rejecting God, but they're not rejecting Samuel, the prophet. They don't want me to be their king any longer. God's whole initial idea was that he's the head of head. He's the king of kings, which he is. But he wants us to recognize that and live that way. That we don't need a government outside of our God. That we don't need all of that. That God can be the one that we look to for guidance, for love, for comfort, for understanding, for wisdom, for all of it. But we as people, unfortunately, in our fallen nature, we want all the surface stuff. We want all the surface stuff. We need somebody we can see and touch. We want somebody that we can go to their door and knock on their door and ask for uh, guidance and wisdom. We want something that's very tangible versus supernatural. We want something that's so tangible in this way. So uh, we can see it with our plain eyes instead of using and exercising our spiritual eyes. We want to hear from people that we can hear with our plain ears and not actually exercise our spiritual ears and hear from God. But that's what's going on here is that the whole nation of Israel is just they're like they did in Judges, right? Up and down, up and down. They're backing away again. Everything is superficial and surface level at best. At best. And Samuel's the only one that really is having a true, deep, intimate relationship with the Lord. And so, therefore, they want him. He's the one that's respected. Notice, the one that has the deep, intimate relationship with the Lord is the one the nation is respecting the most. Notice the power in that, but they don't really get the deeper connection that they can be worshiping God just as much, that they should be coming to God just as much. But we have this culture and we we have it here and we've seen it all the way back to there. This what we call uh, and we've said it is like a priestly culture. Somebody else in my place to go talk to God, somebody else in my place. To, to have that special relationship so I can do whatever I need to do. And then whenever I need help, I'll, I'll just go, uh, hey, where's the seer? As we see in here, well, well, let's go talk to the seer. That's the dude that's the man of God. We want somebody else to do that hard work. We want somebody else to do that hard relationship. And then when we need the benefits of it, we'll, we'll go see you. But until then, I'm going to do me. I'm just going to do me, boo-boo, over here. I'm good to go. But, oh, wait, I'm, oh, I'm, in, this, I'm in this situation. I, I, I need to go. I'm going to go talk to the priest. I'm going to go talk to the seer. I'm going to go talk to the prophet. That's when I need it. Instead of, I need this every day. And so we see that this is what's going on in the hearts of Israel. 
Uh, and so God's like, here we go. Here we go. Now, there's still some truth in what uh, is being said here uh, by Saul on himself. Benjamin is of the smallest tribe. Notice in just being able to look for these donkeys, he got to basically walk around. Now, it may have been a day or two, uh, but he walked basically the entire land of Benjamin. Uh, uh, he's look, we're we're smaller. We're we're not we're not Judah. We're not one of the bigger ones. Um, you know, what's what's going on here? We're kind of smaller. Uh, so, hey. Why out of me? Why me, as he says later on in the chapter, in verse 21, but I'm only from the tribe of Benjamin. And really, we look at like, well, we're part of the smallest tribe. Why didn't you get a king from Judah? Why didn't you get a king uh, out of one of the Levites? Why didn't you get a, a king out of somewhere else, but out of Benjamin? And then my family is the least important of all the families. Wow, what a reversal on exactly what is said at the beginning. Was wealthy and influential man, Kish was, from the tribe of Benjamin. That doesn't sound like one of the least important families of Benjamin. It probably sounds like in the top 10 to me, at least. That sounds like somebody that that everyone else, at least within that tribe, is pointing to. But he's saying, no, why are you talking to me like this? Why are you coming to me, Samuel, for something? There's also another kind of theme in here that we see that God is speaking all throughout this. God's speaking through two main uh, means in this way. Number one, he's speaking through circumstance, that he's orchestrating these. this little, this is like an annoyance of being a farmer or a rancher, right? Um, they've, got, they've got cattle, they've got uh, donkeys, they've got livestock, basically, and some of that livestock goes missing. Well, you can't just like, whatever, just chalk it up for a loss. Like, that's expensive. That's like, oh, my, my car just ran away. Well, you don't just go, well, I'll just go get another car at like it, like it's on the shelf at Target or something or at Walmart. It's not going to happen. All right. That's a major expense. So uh, a, a handful of donkeys potentially going missing. That's a major expense. It's like, bro, you're going to go find that. <laughs> All right. I don't know why they went missing, but man, what an annoyance, uh, a problem to have. But just part of what we would consider. Yeah, just part of life situations, life circumstances. Just that's the life of a rancher. That's what I got to go do. And so they go do it. They go, and he, hey, go and grab a servant to go with you, right? And, and go find these donkeys. But we see that God is speaking through this, God is working through this. We see that God is speaking through circumstance with Saul because Saul doesn't have a relationship, he doesn't have those spiritual ears in those spiritual eyes to really understand what God is doing. He's frustrated the whole time. He's got a servant. They're looking around. They, they've eaten all the food and everything that they took as provisions to go on this journey. 
because it says like, hey, you know, they didn't have anything to offer the seer when the servant says, hey, there's a man of God up in this town. Let's go check him out. And he's like, well, we even our food is gone. So it says that they they took food as provision because they knew that this was going to be potentially a long, uh, maybe a couple day journey to look around all of the land of Benjamin to help find these donkeys. And they couldn't find them. So hey, even our food's gone. We have nothing physically on us to give him at this time. This isn't, this isn't, uh, th- this isn't right. Okay. And we still have this culture today, right? We tip our waiters and waitresses. Um, and we, we give tips to people that help us out. We give tips to people that serve us. We give tips to people uh, that do something that is beneficial or we appreciate. Uh, that's in our culture to to give a tip, right? Um, and so ultimately here, uh, a seer is to give you basically is to be that connection to the Lord, which is beneficial for you, supposedly, hopefully, <laughs> right? Uh, a good one, at least. And, and so that there's that culture to do that. It's not a commandment of the Lord, but we see that this is just a honoring uh, culture to to tip them and to have not come empty-handed, right? And so they're like, hey, we don't have anything. This one servant's got, I've got one silver coin. Let's go see what happens. Notice the coin wasn't brought up anymore after that. But Samuel didn't take the coin. Samuel didn't even say anything about it. Because he's more interested in what God is doing. He's so intimately integrated to what God is doing. And he's getting directly what God is doing through his ear. Now, it doesn't say it in the NLT, but if in verse 15, in at least the New King James, it says that uh, the Lord spoke to Samuel in his ear. Right? Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that it was like a a very audible thing, but it's, you know, if you've had that experience where the Lord has spoken to you before, um, you you know what they're saying. And if you haven't, and this this is where it gets to that question of, uh, and all, all Christians have this question at times, at different times in their walk with the Lord, is I don't hear God speaking to me. It could be for a season or it could be like, hey, you're really new to the faith. And so you haven't experienced that yet. Uh, But I don't hear God speaking to me. But here's one thing is that one, God doesn't only speak audibly or otherwise in our ear. He speaks through his word. As we're reading right now and listening to the story uh, of Samuel meeting Saul, um, as we work through here and see what God is doing, we see that God works through circumstance. Clearly in this story is telling us God is working through circumstance. You see that uh, as it goes on, if your spiritual eyes are opening, that God basically, uh, I believe, pulled those donkeys away to create this circumstance to bring Saul to Samuel. Because the other part is that Samuel himself is even they didn't even ask about the donkeys yet. They didn't even talk to Samuel about the donkeys. But Samuel tells him, we have your donkeys, man. We found them. We're good to go. 
And that should have already rung in Samuel's ear saying, wait a minute, I didn't even ask you about donkeys yet. It's a way of just proving to him like, hey, I need you to listen to me because I I talk to the Lord. I'm telling you something that you haven't even brought up to me yet that I already know. So you need to listen to me. I need you to pay attention here. Which that kind of catches all of us, right? If somebody, if you've ever had that experience that somebody prophetic or somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I just want to pray for you over X, Y, Z. And you're like, wait a minute, I haven't told anybody that. How do you know? And that's something that catches you real quick, regardless of your relationship with the Lord to help guide you and to help say, hey, God is in this moment with you. He's using that person right here. He's using Samuel to get to Saul and say, I'm working in your life, whether you see it or not. And I want us to take this, that God is working in your life, whether you see it or not, whether you recognize it or not, whether you think he's there or not, God is working in your life. God used a circumstance that we would call annoying and absolutely, probably just like, man, why is this happening on my Thursday that we lost all these donkeys? And now I got to go walk all the land of Benjamin with a servant that I'm just like, this is annoying. Are you kidding me? That's what I got to do on my Thursday, on my weekend, probably. And like, I got to go look for donkeys. But God is working in his life to set him up for where he needs to be. Now. There's two ways to take this. Every circumstance that we deal with, it's it's all, everything's orchestrated by the Lord. And there's a level that yes, but not all of it is always going to be for some super major purpose, right? Hey, your gas ran out of your car, your gas ran out of your car. Just get gas and then truck on with your day. However, sometimes, and I've had this happen, my gas ran out of my car at a certain time where I just noticed or had the inkling I needed to get gas. I stopped at a gas station. And then when I stopped at the gas station here in Jersey, of course, if you're listening to this from somewhere else here in Jersey, uh, we're not allowed to pump our own gas. I guess it's like illegal or something crazy. If you're an untrained person touching the handle of a gas pump, I don't know what it is, but um, I've, I've learned to kind of like it though in the winter <laughs> that uh, this nice individual uh, that's working hard, pumps our gas for us. And so I pull into this gas station and I'm just like, man, it's cold, whatever. Uh, like it's annoying. I'm, I forgot where I was driving from. It was a long drive uh, home and it was at night. And uh, I remember it, I think it was around like, I think it was around close to Christmas time. And uh, all I had in my wallet was one $50 bill. Uh, and of course my my debit card and I paid for the gas and I said hey yeah just fill it up I'm good to go and that's right when I heard the Lord just say give him your cash and let him know it's from me and so I handed this guy um, not reluctantly but just not understanding right but just being obedient Uh, and I handed him the 50 and I just said I, I want you to know this isn't from me, but this is from the Lord that loves you. 
And this man just broke down and let me know he was so scared. He didn't know how to get his kids any presents for Christmas. And that $50 bill meant $5 million to him. And that we never really know the little circumstances that go on in life, how it can be impacted. Now, not every circumstance is going to do that. But we got to keep our spiritual eyes and ears open for when those circumstances are those moments that God is using them for a greater purpose than just an annoyance of our life. That there's a bigger reason for all these little things. And yes, there's not going to be an amazing moment like that at every little circumstance. But it's wondering, is this the one that's going to be one? And it's, you just never know. And we always have to just stay connected with our Lord, stay in communion with him, stay in communion with each other and, and hold each other up and just continue with this walk of faith. And the longer we do that, and the more we keep doing that, the more that sometimes these little circumstances, our spiritual eyes and ears will open up. And we'll get to see the hand of God working through us and in us in so many different ways than we'll ever understand. But we'll never really understand it if we don't have a relationship with the Lord. If we don't sit here and just and try to open our mind to something greater than just ourselves and just our own little life and that we have to deal with. And that God does work through circumstance, that God does work through his word, that God does speak to us in many, many different ways, and that we have to maintain our vigilance to see that and understand that. And Saul didn't see it coming. He was spiritually blind, but Samuel opened his eyes at this moment through this circumstance of some of an annoying loss of donkeys on his ranch. And so we see that uh, this just opens it up. And the question to us is, are our eyes and spiritual ears open? And maybe we're in a position that it just says that, hey, I'm not hearing from the Lord right now. Yeah, I may be reading my Bible a little bit, but I'm not hearing from the Lord. I feel like he's distant. I feel like he's absent. I feel like I'm I'm not tuned in and honed in right. And so there's, you know, how if you go to the doctor or something and you got, oh, these are potential symptoms of X, Y, Z. Right. Don't Google that because Google will always tell you you have cancer and you're dying next week. Okay. Don't Google your uh, your symptoms. Right. You have a uh, achy arm. It means you have a broken arm or something on Google. So don't don't do that. That's it's the worst. Um, Go to an actual doctor. (laughs) Uh, But. When we go through that list of potential symptoms and it says like, hey, it's not always this, but it's potentially this. And so for us, it's like, okay, one, are we in the word daily? If we're not in the word daily, we're missing out on a major way that God speaks. Probably one of his most primary ways he speaks to us is through his written word right here. 
We cannot stress this enough. I have way too many heads nodding right now or in their mind, they're nodding like, yes, I hear from the Lord the most when I read his black and white print, the Bible. 90% of the time I get my word from the Lord by reading his word, period. He spent thousands of years creating this for us. Let's dive into it. So if that's not happening, if you're on this podcast once a week or less, I'm going to ask you to be on more or to, if you're not doing something on your own, let's dive into his word more. That's how we see and hear more. Now, okay, that's one. If that's, okay, the other question, is there secret sin in my life that's holding me back? That basically what that means is, is there something that I'm continuing to hold on to that I know is not beneficial for me, that I know is not uh, building me up spiritually, that I know that it's not drawing me closer to the Lord, and that I know it potentially is harmful and distracting? Is there something I'm holding on to or some kind of secret sin that one, I know it's sin, like straight out, or is it something that's distracting me? from my relationship from the Lord. It may not even be sin. Guys, if you remember like my fight night message, I think it was the last fight night we actually had. uh, And I talked about my aquarium uh, hobby, but it was financially and emotionally and time-wise, physical time-wise out of my day, taking me away, distracting me from a deeper relationship with the Lord. And it, it was like, man, it was a mental battle with him to go i i don't understand why you want me to put this away he's like dude it's expensive it's taking up your time you're not with your family and you're not with me what are you doing they're fish and i was like okay fine and i stopped and man things have just rolled better since then so it may not be sin specifically but is it distracting you and taking away your purpose And then the other one is, who are you around? Who are you around? Are you around people that promote you to be in the word, that promote you to be praying, that promote you to uh, do better and be closer to the Lord? Or are you with other people that are wondering why you spend so much time at church? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing all that? And questioning all of your faith, questioning all of this trying to pull you down, trying to tell you it's garbage, trying to tell you you're wasting your time, trying to tell you that your tithing is a waste of your money, trying to tell you all of these other little things that are just naysayers uh, and and doubters. Who are you spending the majority of your time around? If you can say the majority of my time and where I listen and where I pay attention to are people that lift me up, that direct me towards God, that build me towards God, then good. If it's the other way around and the only time you're around other God uh, loving and fearing people is Sunday. We might need to reevaluate who our friends are. Because our circle is huge. And who makes up that circle is a big deal. It's a big deal. 
that whole idea of unequally yoked in the Bible isn't just for marriage. It's for friends and family too. Who are you doing life with? This matters. This matters a lot. And I'd say those three areas, if you are working on those three areas, spending time with God, evaluating what you're doing, even in secret, and who are you around? Those three areas, if you can work on those, I'm guaranteeing you, uh, you will hear from God better if those three are aligned up towards him. That's, that's a big deal right there. Those three. And the other last part is like Samuel, or that Saul did. Don't put down where you think you are. Don't diminish who you think you are. Don't let who your self-image is be so counter to who you really are. If you are a Christ follower, you are a son and daughter of the Most High. You are loved and cherished. You, if, uh, if you've ever been corrected, God loves you. If you've ever been challenged, God loves you. If you've ever uh, just been comforted in your worst times by those that are Christ followers as well, or even just God in just a crazy moment, God loves you. God is in your life. God wants to be so close to you because you are of huge value to him. He loves you so much. Do not turn down who you think you are. You are not the least important of all the families of Benjamin. This whole idea that he says, I'm from the smallest tribe of Benjamin. You probably like, I'm from the, the dirtiest block in the neighborhood or I'm, I'm from wherever. Like It doesn't matter what you think. God says, I got a purpose greater than what you think. And actually, you come from better than what you think. And you can, you can be even greater if you just trust in me. You just trust in the Lord. He's saying, trust in me. But don't be like Saul sitting here just downplaying. Why are you talking to me like this? Why are you coming to me? Why, why God, are you approaching me? Why, God, are you stirring in my heart? Why, God, are you uh, giving me conviction? And why, God, are you, uh, uh, why am I having this turmoil with you? Because God loves you. And he's got a purpose for you. And so I pray that this encourages you today to, to dive into that to dive into his word, dive into uh, growing closer to him, realize you are so much more loved and needed and wanted than you ever can even imagine. And you can have a bigger impact than just your own even little life. That you can have an impact on other lives to grow them so much bigger and better. 
that yeah, no matter what you're doing, if you are breathing his air, you have a purpose on this earth. And so let's have a great Thursday. Let's have a great weekend as this weekend we dive into baptisms and seeing more lives uh, renewed and refreshed uh, through our uh, through baptism. So we're I'm really excited about that for this weekend. Uh, right now, last time I checked, we have 11 baptisms uh, uh, this Sunday going on. So we're excited. And so come on out for that. Come on out on this Sunday. We can't wait to see you. Uh, I hope this encourages you. Let's pray. And let's have a great Thursday. Lord, we just love you so much and we just thank you. We thank you for what your word does. And it not just tells us a, a great little story, but it teaches us, Lord. It, uh, it guides us. It gives us wisdom and insight and understanding into how you work and how you are. Lord, we see just through Saul, like, and, and if we know even the greater... Uh, story of Saul. It's even like, man, why did you pick him, Lord? But you, your choices are perfect. Your choices are to line up and, uh, to even such bigger and greater things than we can ever understand or imagine. So, Lord, may we just trust in what you're doing. May we just trust in what uh, you're saying. May we just, may we look through all the circumstances we deal with in life and see you working and however you are. Lord, may we just continue to just press into you. Lord, we just pray for your Holy Spirit to fill us up today as we go about our days. We just love you, Lord. And we can't wait to hear from more from you as we grow deeper with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a great Thursday, everybody. Uh, we'll see you then. And it's going to be a great weekend. Talk to you later.